Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 77 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Kelly Hogaboom to discuss the Medusa from Clash of the Titans. I must be allowed to speak. Welcome back Kelly. Hey Eric, good afternoon. Good evening. Great. <laughs> Okay, today, it, I was thinking about it. It's very funny. This film we're going to talk about, um, along with Road Warrior, it's the most modern film we've ever discussed together, and yet it's also the oldest setting in a film that we've ever done. Oh, okay. That's, that's good to know. All right. Yeah. I was, just, I, I was just thinking how I was surprised that you wanted me to take a look at the 2010 version because I, I was thinking Eric only likes to do, you know, pretty old films. <laughs> Well, I, I do like to see, you know, um, we're in a modern era now where they have to reboot and redo things. And I can't off the top of my head think of one that's actually improved on the original. So I just thought it'd be nice you know, whenever we do have a subject that's been remade. Just just have a look and see how it does compare. OK. Yeah, that sounds great. So, my first question this evening, or this afternoon for you, uh, are you a big Ray Harryhausen fan? You know, I am, but more for the nostalgia. You know, I don't come to it from your perspective where you've, you know, you've made models and stop motion and all of that. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up watching a few of these films. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously he's, He's amazing, uh, but, you know, also a lot of fun. I mean, this film, this film was pretty fun mm. in 1981. That word nostalgia um, is is incredibly uh, relevant for me as well. Um, and it's, it's really, it's, a, it's why I've got a bit of a problem with this film in that, like yourself, I grew up on Ray Harryhausen films. They always seem to be on, on Sunday afternoon TV. And, uh, you know, I grew up with the Sinbad films and Jason and the Argonauts and First Men in the Moon. And um, and I can remember seeing this film. I, I, I saw it in the cinema. There was only this one and um, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger were the only two Ray Harryhausen films I actually saw in the cinema. And both times I can remember coming out and just feeling a bit disappointed. And I don't think it was really so much to do with the films that I've just seen, but I was comparing them to the... Ray Harryhausen films that I saw when I was 10 or something yeah. where, 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 where you know you've, you've got so much nostalgia like you say there you've just got such so much of an emotional connection to those films you know the Cyclops coming out in Seventh Voyage of Sinbad you know the Hydra in Jason the Argonauts it's not the same as seeing it as a teenager um, okay it's on a big screen but you're not the same person so you kind of like see things differently if you see what I mean yeah and I mean, um, I was four when this film came out, <laughs> uh, so I certainly didn't see it in the theater, but I did see it young enough. I think I was probably about seven or eight 
to where the scene we're about to talk about absolutely terrified me. I mean, I mean, big time. And the scorpions later uh, in the film scared me as well. But now I watch it again and as an adult, and I can't believe I found any of it frightening. So certainly, you know, if I've got my teenagers watching this film with me, you know, I really doubt they're going to feel any fear. But when I was watching the 2010 scene, I, I found myself wondering if a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old whose parents let them watch that, if they would find that scary or not, you know. So you, you're absolutely right that the, the age you are and the setting really mm. um, colors your interpretation. And so then if you're like you, you tend to in this podcast analyze it from a technical perspective, but it's pretty hard to divorce that from, mm. you know, the 12 year old you or whatever that first saw it. Yeah, I think the the Ray Harryhausen Medusa that we're going to talk about in a minute, I, th I, I think it was so impactful uh, for children because you know the rating was that it was a family film and you go along and you've got you know you've got Bubo the owl and everything <laughs> throughout the film leading up to this moment is kind of like okay you had the kraken but he's like this bendy armed monster <laughs> everything's not quite light and not too dark and then you get to this scene <laughs> And I, 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 I mean, you say about your teenagers, and I think a lot of teenagers now, if they saw this, you know, even if they saw it in the cinema with it, all the lights down low, it's like, yeah, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And it's not so impactful. But if you think back to, you know, you know, the early 80s when you had family films, this, I always think of this yes. one and um, Legend and the Dark Crystal. They yeah. the, the the tone of those for a family film was quite startling for that time. I think. Yes, uh, another one to include is the Never Ending Story, uh, and I don't care for that film very much, but it had some really dark, scary stuff for being mm. a family film, and I, I think that's great. Um, I don't know how my kids feel having you know let them watch these scary films, but my parents let me watch these scary films and. Yeah, there were some nightmares, but honestly, those were exciting experiences. And, um, you know, this one, I think, is the only Harryhausen that was a PG film. You know, the rating was bumped up mm. a bit. Yeah. And I bet it's because of this decapitation. And, I mean, this, you know, um, it, there's a little bit of terrifying, you know, aspect to it is you know, the to tone Medusa, as well. Not, I mean, we're going to talk about it in a minute, but yeah, it is. It's not only the appearance and the design of the Medusa, but it, it is the way that it's filmed. It's the tone of this sequence, and as you say later on, we've got the scorpions yeah. as well. And yes, I'm sure that's why it was bumped up from a U to a PG. I'm sure of it. Yeah, and um, oh gosh, I just lost my track. Yeah, the the funny about what you say about the tone because I rewatched this and the 2010, which you're going to touch on briefly. Uh, the Medusa scenes and the and the tone of the 2010 is just straight up action, you know, not not so much a scary scene. I mean, you know, there's a little bit of creeping around, but uh, very different. This was um, there wasn't a bunch of music, you know. This was a pretty creepy scene, pretty effective scene, um, you know. So, um, are you are you going into describing what's happening in the in the scene? I mean, I'm sure everyone who's listening has seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's pause for the clip. And then we'll we'll go right into the scene, okay? Sounds good.
before we get into the sequence, I thought it might be nice to take a look at the original source material of Greek myth for Medusa. Now, in Greek myth, there were three Gorgon sisters. Um, I'd just like to preface, before I get into this, just to say apologies if I cock up any of these names here. Um, Ancient Greek isn't one of my languages I learnt at school. All right. All right. So, three Gorgon sisters, Medusa... <laughs> I'm, I'm failing at, right at, uh, out the gate. Sethano and Uriel, okay? And they were all children of the ancient marine deities Phorcys and his sister Ceto. As okay. is usual in a lot of myths and legend, there was an awful lot of, you know, keeping it in the family, wasn't there? <laughs> yes. All right, the very first depictions in art had the sisters as being monsters, but round about the 5th century, uh, sculptors and vase painters, they started to uh, portray them as being beautiful as well as terrifying, okay? I relate. Um, Yeah, now in a late version of the Medusa myth, uh, related by the Roman poet Ovid, Medusa was originally a ravishingly beautiful maiden Um, the jealous aspiration of many suitors, but because Poseidon had raped her in Athena's temple, Athena transformed Medusa's beautiful hair to serpents and made her face so terrible to behold that the mere sight of it would turn onlookers onlookers to stone. So this this woman was raped by a god and then she was punished by a goddess. Yeah, victim blaming. It goes back centuries. There you go. (laughs) It's not new, is it? It's not new. Now, in most versions of the story, she was beheaded by Perseus, who was sent to fetch her head by King Polydectes, because Polydectes wanted to marry his mother. Um, Now, the gods, to help him out, gave him help. He received a mirrored shield from Athena, gold-winged sandals from Hermes, a sword from Hephaestus, and Hades' helm of invisibility. Okay. Now, since Medusa, I don't know why, but Medusa was the only one of the three Gorgon sisters to be mortal, okay? Um, Perseus was able to slay her, just like we're going to see in the film, by looking at the reflection from his mirrored shield, okay? And at that time, Medusa was pregnant by Poseidon. Did you know that? I did not know that. No, and when Perseus (laughs) uh, beheads her, um, Pegasus flies out of her, okay, and somebody called Chrysaor, who was a giant wielding a golden sword, they'd leapt out of her body. It wouldn't have been quite the same in the film, would it, if that happened? No, they kind of skipped over that whole um, whole (laughs) business. Yeah, a lot of these myths, yeah, they're not family friendly, are they? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right, so... Let, let, let's go to the film then. Let's go to our sequence. And it starts, Perseus and his buddy, they've entered Medusa's lair. Um, and what we were just saying there, the tone is creepy. You know, you've got dark lighting. There's a red glow to everything. And no music as well. Usually in these films, you've got music to accompany it. But it, it's silent at this moment. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know... Oh, go ahead. No, after you, Kelly. Well, she's... It's really slow moving, and that, um, to me, kind of added to the dread of the scene because, again, watching the the update in 2010, she, 
she is a fast moving snake in the in the newer one, but in this one she's just kind of inching along. And um, you know the part that scared me when I was a little kid was she has a rattle at the end of her tail, hmm. which I I don't believe rattlesnakes exist anywhere except in the Americas. In America, be, yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, but that rattle is is what he's kind of Perseus is kind of listening for, and that scared the heck out of me <laughs> when hmm. I first saw the scene. There's that that she's got a breathing effect going on there as well, hasn't she? You know, and there, as you say, you've got a rattle. Yeah. I think I can explain the rattlesnake bit because you know, um, if she's been created, you know, by the gods into this monster, she she's made up of the form of snakes from all over the world, not just in Greece. Okay, just like a Lego set when you use the castle <laughs> set and the space set and make something. Got it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, it, it's terrific. She comes in slowly, and she's pulling herself along the ground. I mean, later on, she does, you know, stand up, and she shuffles along in a snake-like manner. But here, she's just pulling herself along the ground, isn't she? Yep, dragon. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Perseus, is he's already behind a pillar, um, using, you know, the reflective inner part of his shield to watch. And as I say, there's no music. She's looking around, and you don't really see her. She's still all in shadow, or or mostly in shadow, which is act um, adding to the menace as well, isn't it? Yeah, that was a that was a cool aspect. Yeah, and and you've got this awful, you know, rasping breathing as she does. She's sort of like, well, she can't stand up because she can't stand, but she raises herself up and she reaches round to get her bow, and she's still almost in silhouette. You know, you've got this brilliant flickering light um, to accompany her. And now, you know, you watch it now, and I'm not watching it as a teenager, and, and I'm watching it now, and it's like, that's a stop-motion animation model, and yet the yeah. light is flickering. <laughs> right, right. Now, I've got the answer for that in Behind the Scenes, and um, it's a fabulous I've... answer. I, I, I'll explain that towards the end, okay? And again, like, I'm never watching this thinking of how they accomplished that. So I kind of didn't tune into that until you just pointed that out. That's pretty brilliant. Mm -hmm. But she fires at the shield of uh, Perseus's buddy, which knocks him from cover. And he falls over and he can't help but look back. And that's when we get <laughs> our first clear shot of Medusa. Now, Medusa has been scary because she's been in darkness and it's slow and the breathing and that. But when she leans forward into the camera you know you, you you see her in 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 full light for the first time but it's only a split second because then her eyes glow green don't they so you get this yeah. momentary shock of her face before that's wiped as well yeah she kind of hisses and the eyes glow and we get a close-up i mean you know he just had to look i mean i wouldn't have looked <laughs> you you know what she is you know what's going to happen to you you've just been walking past all these exactly. people turned to stone look the other way mate don't look exactly. back <laughs> eyes down man <laughs> yeah 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 and he is turned to stone but not his clothing nor his cape <laughs> on, I, only himself gets uh, turned that's right yeah mm. and she's back in the darkness again and she starts hunting for Perseus um, and she's sees his shield and fires at it and it falls to the floor and he's still behind that pillar there he's got his sword ready to strike it's very suspenseful i, I have to keep telling myself that you know this is a children's film uh, or a family film and yet this is like you know pretty scary stuff isn't it 
Yeah, and I actually liked that this was not a scene of um, intense, like, physicality. It was a scene of him trying to sneak up on her. You know, mm-hmm. it was all about stealth. That was pretty cool. Um, you know, he wasn't just going in there hacking away with a sword fight. It was He had to sit there and wait and try to figure out where she was. He's clearly very nervous, which, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it was a very effective bit of suspense that's exactly the right word and you know because he knows she's behind the pillar and he's got to time it exactly right um right. and and he does doesn't he yeah you know he does it just right um he severs her head um she screams in the most female noise we've heard come from her is when she does scream that's like a a, a regular scream um and you've got the claws scratching the pillar as her body yep. goes through its death throes mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the body stops moving and you get a lot of bright red jelly or it's jello over there isn't it? it's jello in america we call it jelly over here it looks like jello jelly I, well i think we'd call it jelly too because it looked like thick it may it looked like thick tomato um sauce and you know that scene was the scariest part of it because her body kind of moves around pretty quietly it's like it's like flopping around and mm. sluggishly kind of crawling around after the head's off and then it finally kind of flops over it and her neck is like this little tube and just this tomato sauce goes and like spills out and that just was so again i'm talking i'm seven it was just like so disgusted and like grossed out it was great i think it would have been grosser if it had been like an icky green and i don't know you know if (laughs) if they did consider it to be some sort of like foul you know you know, almost like poison coming out of her, but in the end they chose to make it red. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it was poisonous, as we see later on. I mean, well, actually, right after that happens, his shield starts to get corroded from the Yeah, blood. it's like it's acid, isn't it? It's yeah, like it's acid. Um, and that part was funny because, you know, later in the film... Um, doesn't Caliban sneak up and stab the sack that's holding the head that's right. and, the, and the blood that drips out becomes scorpions? Yeah. I mean, again, second, second scariest scene for me as a kid. But uh, so the blood is clearly both, you know, corrosive and mat- venom and all that. But he like picks up the head and passes it over his lap. <laughs> yes. I'm just like, yeah, you got to be careful with that. I'm you scared wait till it dries out. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like it's like the alien in Alien, isn't it? You know, one drip of that acid and you'd know about it, wouldn't you? Yeah. But he goes outside yeah. still holding it, and our sequence ends. It's a terrific shot of him holding the head up. I love it. That's a proper hero shot where he just... There's no real reason for it. He's, he, he comes out of the temple. He stands there. He holds the head up. You know, dun-dun-dun. Yeah. You know? And I think there's a voiceover of Zeus saying something about his destiny, and um, he holds up the head and his... I think left hand, but um, you know that head that he holds up there is different than the head at the end mm. when he confronts the kraken with it. Yeah, um, it looks a little different, and I really like the look of the head he holds up at at the end there that you're talking about. I think it looks great. It looks great. It, it's not the same. It's not quite the same as the stop motion model, but it is still terrific. I've got some really good photos of uh, um, Ray Har- Harryhausen holding that head. And um, yeah, yeah, I'll be putting them up on Facebook. Right. Before we get to behind the scenes, uh, we've been talking about the 2010 version. 
the remake there. And I thought, yeah, it would be nice to just see how they compare. A word you used for this um, earlier, I, th I think, is, um, is very apt. This new version is an action version, isn't it? So, yeah. And you got me thinking then, you know, this the Ray Harryhausen version, the 81 version, is, is all about mood and tone and suspense. And I'm just thinking it's comparable to Alien and Aliens then, isn't it? Whereas the first one is all about tension and scare and tone. And the second one is a roller coaster action film, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And the second, so, you know, both films are, um, you know, they really butcher the Greek mythology. Like the Titans in the film aren't even Titans. They're, mm. they weren't considered Titans. You know, they've, they've added a Shakespearean villain with the Caliban. You know, he wasn't a, a Greek mythological figure. You know, both films kind of bungle up the mythology. But this second, this 2010, it's a more cluttered film. Like there's more characters, there's more mm. back and forth going on. And it, it's very much an action film. I can't remember how long it was. It seemed like it was a little bit long. And in this scene when they enter Medusa's lair for, for the same purpose, you know, killing her, getting her head for the Kraken. Um, I believe there are f um, five of them that go in there. There's Mads Mikkelsen and... Um, what, whoever plays the lead. And then there's the that little djinn warrior, that guy that yeah. looks like he's made out of... Yeah, which I liked him. Uh, and then two, the two, two of the remaining, um, I don't know, warriors or whatever. Mm. So, there's, so you just know that they're going to get picked off one by one, right? That's yeah. a part of this whole sequence. Yeah, and <laughs> when, they, when they go in that temple, you know, they see all the men, the people that have already been turned to stone. They hear a laugh. They get fired out. And then they're off and running. There is no, there is no suspense. There's no stalking around. You have got like frantic camera work. You have got frantic editing. You have got frantic music. There's no attempt at suspense whatsoever. And there's a very clearly CGI Medusa. Uh, it was a yeah. lady by the name of Natalia Voldianova. I, uh -huh. I think that's how you say her name. She's moving very quick <laughs> and yes. smoothly over the rubble and it's lit very brightly um you know she's she's very pretty um she's got far more snakes than the original medusa has and is wearing clothing still half snake yeah, she's though That's a... A, she's got some kind of vinyl um bikini top which honestly mm. i just don't feel like a monster would care about that i think she'd just you know be topless but okay it does make you wonder if you're going to put on a bikini top. Where does Medusa shop for her bikini top? You know, it's how how many has she got? You know, has she got one for every occasion or what? Yeah, yeah. So she, yeah, and you know, I mean, I watched this again for the podcast. So the film is only eight years old, but it, already the CGI is just mm. not looking great. You know, it's her face. I mean, every time she stops, it's like, yep, that's CGI. <laughs> I don't believe yeah. for one minute that 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 creature is there on set with the actors yeah. not for one second hmm. and she chases and face, them i was gonna say her face changes when she does the um the stone glare you know the original mm. her eyes just went green but this her face transforms entirely which she turns into a, a snake cool. almost doesn't she yeah like an evil snake big long teeth it looks pretty cool you know and and i like that the snakes all hiss at the same time Mm. Um, I, I thought that was pretty cute. 
Yeah, I mean, that's good. That's good, you know, because <laughs> um, that's when old Maddie sacrifices himself. Um, and then yes. you've got Peg Pegasus does one of those. Oh, that's so tiresome now. These slow motion leaps through the air, you know. Right just before you know it speeds up just as the sword strikes home yeah and uh yeah he, he leaps through the air with his eyes shut and still manages to cut her head off you know it's like oh yeah. dear yeah. Hmm. i i watched yes. it once when it was in the cinema i watched that once and it's like oh okay and i yeah. i've only watched it since you know just for uh for this podcast and i i can't think any other time when i'd want to watch it again really yeah, it was it was very much more like a video game boss than it was, you know, a scary movie. And and it's just not a great scene. I'm, I know a lot of people worked really hard on it. Um, I, I believe the whole film was kind of, I'm not sure it did so well. At least the sequel did pretty poorly to, to where they canceled the mm. third installment. But, um, you know, uh, I'll probably always watch... You know, any kind of I, I like sword and sword and sandal. I like sword and sorcery. So I'll probably I, I've watched some pretty terrible reboots. So you know, <laughs> I'll I'll watch it all. <laughs> okay, all right. Behind the scenes on the eighty-one version, then um, Ray Harryhausen first had the idea of doing the story back in the late fifties. Okay. And he resurrected the idea and thought about doing it again after the success of Jason and the Argonauts. But there were two things that put him off um, doing it. One was the complexity of the tasks involved to do the story justice. But the other thing, and I didn't know this, was there was a real worry about the name Perseus. Okay. Uh, okay. Biz bizarre as it may seem now, Ray says that there was a real fear that Perseus was too close to the name Percy, a name at that time that was associated with being a sissy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> it was partially nixed on the idea of nobody will want to go and watch a film about a sissy. <laughs> All right. So they, they, they thought they had two choices, um, either drop the character or change the name of the character, and they didn't feel right doing either, so the whole project was shelved, okay? Hmm. That is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, because I've I've never even heard that. Is that a um a, a British pejorative? Then certainly not. not. No, I I didn't know that. I mean, okay. I've got to be careful what I say, what I say right now because the children around over here. I don't know if it's the same in America, but over here that name, beginning with a P, uh, is is a slang for male genitalia. Oh, all right. Well, it's yeah. it's slang for nothing over here. It's it's just a name. So that's right. interesting. No, no, no. If you're in England and somebody starts talking about a Percy, <laughs> because no, no, that's the other thing. Nobody is called Percy in this country. Percy is an old, old name. You, you, you don't have children, um, you know, not, not, not even, you know, um, you, you know, people who, who, who think old names are charming. Nobody calls their child Percy anymore. Okay. No, not at okay. all. It's okay. All right, so there was a writer by the name of Beverly Cross. She approached Ray while he was planning uh, the Golden Voyage of Sinbad with a treatment which was called Perseus and the Gorgon's Head, but he was too busy to uh, to consider it. Um, um, she approached Beverly Sorry. Cross, the writer. Yeah, Beverly Cl Cross was a man, and he was married oh, really? to Meg Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, 
continue. All right, yeah, sorry. Maggie Smith's husband from 1975 to 1998. And what I read is that's how he got, one of the ways he got involved in the project was through Maggie Smith, or maybe it's the other way around, who knows. Some, mm. Someone listening will probably know. Yeah, put it up on Facebook, please. Let's, okay. <laughs> yeah, please educate us. Okay. Well, he approached again during the making of Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, and it was a go because Ray said it was thought by that time the Percy thing was no longer relevant. So they decided <laughs> to look into it. Um, Ray did a number of sketches along with a brass sculpture of Perseus slaying Medusa to give the studio and Beverly an idea of... Uh, how he saw things going and even then in those very first sketches um it was a case of the lower half being a snake i don't think he ever entertained the idea of it being you know a woman just a regular woman with snakes on her head it she always was this you know half snake half woman affair okay awesome okay yeah um as with all of Ray's mythology films, you know, changes were made to the myth. Um, you know, uh, Pegasus didn't come out of her dead body. Um, that was one of his tasks earlier in the film, wasn't it? That he had to capture and tame uh, right. uh, Pegasus. Yeah. Um, but Beverly thought it was too good an idea about, you know, something coming out of the body of, uh, of uh, Medusa. So that's why the scorpion idea came later on in the film. Right. All right. Um, other actors considered for Perseus, and I can't see any of them in, really in in the role. Was uh, certainly not this first one, Malcolm McDowell. Right. <laughs> Can you That's see that? <laughs> no. Maybe the next one. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, Michael York. Yeah. Okay. Lee Lawson. All right. I do not know who he is. No, nor do I. I know the last one, and it's a no as well. Uh, Richard Chamberlain. Yeah, and I, I also read that they were considering Arnold Schwarzenegger, but they were trying to get away from the sort of beefed up, um, you know, uh, Peplum films with the with where they just find some bodybuilder, right? Um, and then, of yeah. course, Conan the Barbarian ended up working out. Like, I, I, I read that somebody involved in the film wanted the Perseus to be athletic but not bulky. Mm. And I just think that's so interesting because we've definitely gone back to the big bulky guys now in these yes, films. You know have. what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, but I really liked Harry Hamlin in this, and I think it was one of his first uh, main roles. And you know, he kind of hit the jackpot with it. Um, no, yeah, he I was all he right. Yeah, I, I didn't mind him at all. I didn't mind him at all. Everybody in the film has that kind of like shiny '70s look, though. It <laughs> like is. Everybody. It's a late seventies film, isn't it? You, you yeah, it, yeah. It it it's just got a it, it yeah. It's got something about it. Yeah, you can tell when that was made. Absolutely. All right. Right, right now to ease his workload, Ray Harryhausen. Um, he hired assistants to help him out. Um, he a lot of people think that he created um uh, the Medusa, and he did. He you, you know he designed and sketched the Medusa, but he didn't sculpt the Medusa. Uh, that was somebody by the name of Janet Stevens, okay? She sculpted the Medusa and the Kraken um, very closely following Ray's designs, okay? So mm -hmm. she, she did the sculpture, although Ray still did do the armatures, 
um, okay. that were inside. He also casted the foam latex, you know, and he inserted hair where it was needed, eyes, teeth, and stuff like that. So, yeah, he was still very much, you know, involved. But the actual sculpting of Medusa was by Janet Stevens. And he had also had two animation assistants this time. Steve Archer and Jim Danforth ultimately became the, the assistant animators. Okay. Okay. Now, um, the Medusa model created some head scratches for Ray. Um, in his research, she was always nearly shown wearing a gown. Okay. Um, and Ray didn't want to do that because he thought it would be impossible to animate. So that's why he went for the snake body. Um, gotcha. and, and exposes, as he says, exposes much of the human part as digni dignity would allow. All right. Now, talking about dignity would allow when you're in the late 70s, um, that's why, and again, I'll put them on Facebook, in his earliest sketches, that idea of modesty meant that she was wearing a sort of a boob tube. Okay. A <laughs> tube top, huh? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, But everybody thought it looked kind of like vulgar or it looked daft, okay? So they dropped yeah. that idea. Um, so Medusa is naked, but what they did was they, they painted her nipples to blend in with the rest of the skin. So it, it's barely noticeable. Which we're still, today, we're still afraid of seeing women's nipples. Uh, you know, that's on Facebook. If you post a picture breastfeeding your baby, they're going to not show you nipple. Uh, it's take it's it very off. weird. I, th I, think those, I think that's more an American thing. It, it certainly wasn't the case over here. Um, you, you, you would see quite a few, you know, yeah, when I was growing up on, on TVs and films. Um, yeah, it, it, I think that's a peculiarly American thing. Well, if I remember, and um, in the beginning of the film when they showed Danae raising her son, Perseus, you know, after she, she and the mm. boy get cast out, and I believe they show her breastfeeding um, the boy, I think, I can't remember. And, you know, that's another thing you'd never see in film over here. You just do not see breastfeeding and which is so bizarre because it's, you know, a very common practice. So yeah, we, we have weird ideas about breasts, but yeah, there are Medusa, some hangups there, aren't there? <laughs> there certainly and, are know, some strange hangups. She can't possibly, I mean, is she a mammal or what? Like, why would she have breasts? I mean, is she a reptile? <laughs> like what's going on? I, so, <laughs> You know, up until this point, I that had never. I I I I built a model of the Medusa once, and yes, I did indeed paint those nipples. And at no point did I think, why has she got them? Of course, she's a reptile. Yeah, not a lot reptiles of don't lactate. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. So okay, all right, go on. Continue. All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, the number of snakes on her head led to some debate. Um, because there had to be a compromise between aesthetics and practicality. You know, the more snakes you've got, the more work you've got to animate them, haven't you? You know? Right. It's why, you know, we've said before on this show, you know, when um, Ray did It Came From Beneath the Sea, it wasn't a giant octopus, it was, it was a sextopus, wasn't it? Right. It only had six tentacles rather than eight. Yeah. Um, but they went with 12, okay? okay. And um, rather than have all 12 lights springing out of her skull they were laid over her head um basically just to, to fill up more space so it's like that they're not part of her they are basically laying on top of her head and i know the remake had 50 50 snakes That's oh really because yeah apparently with cgi you can 
it's easier to add extras. So I mean, you can yeah. do anything there. Yeah, uh, there was only one model of her. It was 14 inches tall and 24 inches long, with 150 armature joints. Okay, which sounds a lot, but when you think that you know each one of those snakes must have like three or four uh, armatures to get it to bend properly, uh, that uh, answers that one. Uh, <laughs> there was there was going to be a larger head made for that close up of you know when she actually um, you know turns the guy to stone, but uh, they thought the existing head worked fine uh, with a zoom lens, so uh, they just used the head on the one model. Okay. Yeah. Right. That flickering light on the live on the live action set to to actually match that in uh, the stop motion work. Ray used device uh, used a device he had created way back in 1951 for one of his shorts that he did back then, uh, stop motion shorts of Hansel and Gretel. Okay. Um, because in that there's a similar lighting effect for the witch's oven. Okay. Now, what he did, and this is what I love about Ray Harryhausen and practical effects, he got an 18-inch Perspex plate, okay, and drilled holes of various sizes into it. And then over the holes, he taped red and orange gels that when the light was shone through would vary light on the subject, okay? The thing was mounted on a six-foot stand, and when the wheel was turned, it cast varying light on Medusa, Okay. To animate it, he fixed a special screw to the center of the wheel, allowing him to move it a fraction of an inch at a time to coordinate it with the animation of the Medusa. So as the Medusa moved, the light flickered. That's amazing. It is, isn't that's it? Pretty, that's pretty cool. And again, I mean, it was well done enough that I didn't, didn't question it, and I didn't think about how that would be a little tricky to do. Um, yeah. But so, the thing is, cool. if, he, if he didn't do that, if you have got a live action oh. set with all these, ah. like, burning, you, 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 you know, uh, uh, braziers and stuff flickering, and then you cut to the stop motion and there was no flickering, you've blown yeah. it, you know? Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. It's, it's one of those cases where it's a good thing you don't notice it, right? Because it would take yeah. you out of the... Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, Ray came up with the idea of Medusa pulling herself along by her hands, um by copying a character in Freaks. Okay, uh, in Todd right. Browning's Freaks. There's a, there's a guy in that who's got no legs, and he pulls himself along in a similar manner. So that's where that came from. Cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love this next one. The early draft of the script, okay, had Perseus beheading her, not by uh, sword, because they thought um, that would get a higher rating because he's a bit too violent. So he was actually going to behead her by throwing his shield, which had a serrated edge to it. Yeah, because that's just so different, right? I mean, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I read that back too. Yeah, that's odd. Yeah, a, ki a killer frisbee is less violent <laughs> than a sword. <laughs> right, right. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, that goo coming out of her neck, um, it wasn't ketchup. It was red-tinted wallpaper paste. Oh, okay. Yeah, squir squirted out of a tube, which was in the neck, yes. Um, the the moment I like, you know, when she puts her hand on the column and then, you know, she falls down and scratches the column. Um, that that was Steve Archer's idea, the animation assistant. And they 
again so simple they made they made the pillar out of cardboard and as they animated the the claw moving down they just scratched the claw the claw marks into the cardboard as they went cool and Very and cool. then it's the sound effects really that sells it isn't it right i'll have to watch that exact little bit again and now that i know it's cardboard very cool yeah <laughs> and uh we'll finish by saying that ray says that the medusa sequence is the one he's most proud of he thought oh. everything in it you know the model the actions the lighting worked perfectly and it and it is fantastic it is a a, a fantastic uh moment of his and you know i I mean, this was his last film, and this is almost the last effect in the film, and it's the one that everybody remembers from this film. And, you know, yeah. I, th I think it's a perfect cap to his career. Yeah, I mean, there were... I was trying to remember, you know, we, we had a bunch of different creatures. I mean, we had the two-headed dog, which I, that must have been, you know, because I think that was originally a three-headed dog, right, in the mm, mythology. Yeah. We had the dog, we had the kraken, we had the vulture, we had the scorpions... And, you know, we had Caliban, right? Because he was the stop motion um, slash actor. Yeah. And I yeah. Was, that, was that, oh, and the owl, right? Oh, the owl. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's the thing that I've got a problem with in this film. <laughs> well, I, I read that they were trying to capitalize on how adorable everyone thought R2-D2 was. Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. Which I don't find those kind of things adorable. So, you know, and they, they kind of roast that owl in the 2010 remake, if you remember. Yes, you know, that yeah, was a good bit. That, that was a good moment. I do remember that. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> yeah, bit. Right. They're like, nope. But yeah, so you know, there are a lot of creatures in this film. I I like the look of the kraken and the scorpions um, the best. But as far as the movement and the effective, you know, creepiness, absolutely, Medusa is the best part of this film. Mm -hmm. But what would you give it out of ten, though? Oh man, I mean, I guess. I mean, my seven-year-old self's going to give it a nine. And, you know, today, I guess I'd give it a seven because, you know, it's, it does look like a little clay figurine to me today. So how about you? Well, well I, th I think the same way as your seven-year-old self. I give it a nine. Right on. <laughs> okay, so that gives it an eight. Oh, right that's on. okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right. Okay, well, that's us done, Kelly. Well, thanks for the opportunity to get to watch these again, because um, like I said, I mean, no matter how corny these films are, I, I fall for it every time. I love them. And it was fun to, to rewatch this in, as an adult, for sure. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed a, a, a little trend in every subject you and I have ever discussed? Every subject we've discussed is a monster. Oh, no, I hadn't noticed that. Oh, no, I take that back. No, 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 I take that back. No, 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 we did the, we did the Road Warrior, didn't we? Yeah, that's true. That was all, all just right. chaps, leather chaps, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, don't you mostly do monsters, though? Isn't that mostly what you Well, sometimes, no, 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 we do an equal share of uh, spacecraft as well. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you've got your other podcast um, for Blake 7, and I'm assuming that's going well. Oh, it's going, it's going very well, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's like all podcasting, you know this, you know, when you're watching it with podcasting eyes, things occur to you that you've ne has never occurred to you before. It's like you, you, you tonight about Medusa's nipples, you know, that's never occurred to me, you know, so yeah, no, that, it, it's going very well, and it's great fun, so I am enjoying that, yeah. And I was talking to Ian a couple weeks ago when he was making your uniform, and I thought that was very sweet. 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't know anything about that. All of a sudden, he just goes, oh, uh, give me your address, will you? And it's like, right. okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, a few days later, this box arrives. <laughs> it's like... Very, very cute. Very cool. Well, Ian and I have got to meet up. I mean, you know, anybody who knows Blake Seven knows that most of the exterior filming was done in a quarry somewhere in England. So Ian and I have got to um, meet up in our tunics and go for a photo shoot in an old rainy quarry somewhere Absolutely. sometime. Absolutely. Okay. So what do you have scheduled for? Are you allowed to say what you're, what's coming up for this podcast? For this podcast, I, c I can tell you what's up for, for you on, on the podcast next. Would you like to know? Okay. Yes, I would. Because this is what I was just saying. We've only ever done monsters, but we haven't. We've done, we've done Max. But uh, no, next time we are doing a human, okay? Um, so it will only be your second human. Next time we are taking a look at the original uh, Phantom of the Opera. Oh, the Lon Chaney? The Lon Chaney uh, Senior, yes. The unmasking scene from Phantom of the Opera. Uh, you know, I have never seen that film. No way. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not a fan of Phantom of the Opera in any way. Uh, but I mean, what, I don't what, even know. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Backpedal a bit there. <laughs> what do you mean in any way? Why, why, why are you not a fan of Phantom of the Opera if you haven't seen the original Phantom of the Opera? Oh my God! No, I just mean I've heard the music and I don't oh, like. Oh, forget it. it. No, 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 no. Andrew Lloyd Webber. No, no. Curse you. <laughs> Don't okay. don't listen to that. No, 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 no. Kelly, also, trust me, trust me. Seek it out totally... and watch it. Banish any memory or thought or opinion you've got and watch that because it's terrific. You'll love it. And it's a silent film, right? The, it is a silent film. Nineteen twenty-five. Nineteen twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and of course, I mean, everyone's seen images from it, um, so that's that's exciting. I'm I'm. I'm the images hold up. Some, sometimes in, in, you know, the, the old black and white films, you know, you'll see a still of something, you go, oh, this looks good, and then you see the execution of it in the film, and it's like, this is terrible. But no, 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 no. Oh, do yourself a favor, all right? Seek it out and, and watch okay. it all, not just that bit, okay? It is terrific. I'm stunned you haven't seen this. You've, you, yeah, you've well, got to see it, Kelly. Whole... My whole family doesn't like silent films very much, and so, and it's also a noisy household uh, because we have teens. So that's one reason I don't get around to some of those. But I, I would never watch just the scene if it's my first time. So I'm, I'm looking at pictures of it now, and of course I've seen them. But yeah, it sounds good. I'm totally up for it. Have I to tell do you some what, I, I would like to talk to you about is that there's, and I thought you would appreciate this, you know. Um, the, the clothing aspect, the mystery of just what the colors of the costumes were and everything. I, I, I've got a bit of research on that that I'd like to um, include in it as well, okay? Okay, that sounds great. All right, okay. To be continued at a later date then, Kelly, okay? All right, thanks. And thanks for, these were fun films to look at again, so a lot of, lot yeah, of fun. They are, aren't they? Okay, cheers, Kelly. Thank you, right, anybody out there. Go across to Facebook. I'll be putting up a ton of photos from this. Uh, not only, you know, uh, Ray's film, but uh, images from mythology, etc., etc. So see you guys over there. Thanks, everybody, and good night. Good night.